So welcome to the Leadersmith podcast. Uh, I have Brian Miller, a missionary in Columbia back. And if you drink coffee, please listen to this episode because you can drink coffee and help homeless women, many who are in prostitution, uh, get off the streets in Medellin, Colombia. Stay tuned. In a world of incompetent bosses, micromanagers, and petty tyrants, one management professor claims that he can help you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow. You are listening to The Leadersmith. Now, here is your host, Darren Gertis. Okay, so I'm back with my good friend, Brian Miller. Brian was on episodes uh, 33 and 34, I think. I happen to have seen him on Facebook. We uh, talked together and went to the same uh, university where he was doing his uh, theological work and I was doing my uh, my master's degrees and PhD. And actually, we went to the same church together too, so I knew him pretty well. Uh, so he, he went to be a missionary in Colombia and uh, I, uh, Brian, I want you to tell people about what you did when you first got to Columbia, like what, what you were doing. Because I, I mean, I remember sitting in on one of your presentations and it was like just pulling at my heartstrings. Thank you, Darren. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and thank you for all you guys listening. I hope you're enjoying a good cup of coffee wherever you're at. I am. And yes, your, your, your question, I do see you're drinking some good coffee there. It's Colombian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for your question, I think this. You know, I uh, there was 4,000 kids used to live in the streets in Medellin, Colombia, between 6 and 18 years old. So I was part of a ministry, and we would go out and looking for kids on the streets and bringing them back to a home. And we worked on them Monday through Friday, just in the mornings. And the, from that group, the ones who really wanted to change, we took them to a home outside the city. In that city, we had a dairy farm, a carpentry shop, and... Uh, there we just loved on those boys and we helped them know Jesus is Lord and Savior. We gave them psych Christian psychology, Christian social workers, uh, education, be able to get them to get their high school diploma. And some of them we were able to send back to college. Um, well, not back to college, send them to college. Mm -hmm. And so that was a really fun ministry just to take boys off the streets and be able to renew them and be able to give them a new life. And like today, years later, I actually left that ministry five years ago, um, actually six years ago now, but today I'll, I'll be, you know, I'll go catch a taxi and the boy will, the guy, the young man will stop. And as one of the boys we rescued now driving yeah. taxis or, or like we even actually had them to be managers at McDonald's and there's couples actually been university professors. So it's pretty neat to see kids that were on the streets sniffing glue, wow. um, to be able to go all up to be a street, you know, to be a professor to be a youth pastor in their church. So, um, so what do you do now? So now we have a ministry called Global Transformation Ministries for the last six years. Um, we started with the idea to reach out to the influential people of Medellin. So they would use their resources to be able to reach out to the least of these. And so we started a church and we have over 100 and some people that are part of that church. And then that church, um, two years ago, we started building a home. Excitingly, this December... Um, our program is one year old. And so we um, are rescuing young girls off the streets. They're girls that are, there's two types of girls. There's some girls in prostitution and they are, um, they get impregnated and they want to abort their babies. And so we're trying to stop them from aborting their babies to come to our home and rescue the mothers and the babies. And there's other girls from like a lot of refugees, Venezuelan refugees are here in Medellin. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And a lot of them get pregnant also through prostitution or just through life experiences with their some boyfriend. Um, and then the boyfriend leaves them and they like, we're going to go abort your baby. And so we rescue him. But we, and we say any girl that's on the street and pregnant, um, we have a home for them. So what happens to the girls uh, once they come to your program? Yeah, so we, we first thing we do is we um, immediately take them to the doctor and see where they're at. Just the other day, I had a, a girl we had rescued, been living on the streets for eight years. She said that she was seven months pregnant. We picked her up on a Tuesday. And um, when we took her to the hospital on Wednesday morning, they said, no, you're in labor right now. You're having your baby today. So wow. first thing we do, give them. Uh, medical attention and we start you know doing morning bible devotions nighttime bible devotions we start doing training it doesn't matter what what month they're in they're going to start learning how to use sewing machines because mm-hmm. it's a big textile city as well as we teach them how to do manicures and pedicures and and be a hairstylist so that when they finish the program they're able to go back out and get a job that uh, that they're willing to tell everybody where they're working and yeah. so that's been a lot of fun um it's been a lot of fun just to see them grow in their job skills, as well as we do a lot of inner healing with the psychologist and the social worker to work with them. And in now, some cases, we try to help them get their high school diploma. Yeah. Now, when I um, uh, came across you, you were on Facebook talking about, you know, completing some wing of the building or something for Casa Esther. And so uh, that I found that intriguing. And that's that's why we did episode 33 and 34, where we were talking about what you're doing. And that was that was fun, too, because, you know, your stories about drug dealers and uh, <laughs> all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're at Casa Esther. They hopefully will matriculate from there and become productive, just like your earlier ministry. Uh, how do you mm-hmm. how do you fund it? I mean, like so uh, I know you started selling coffee and this is what brought us into this project that we're about to talk about. Yeah, so we uh, first funded the building of it. A lot of it was individual donations as well as people buying one bag of coffee to put up one brick. And so that was one way we started building the, the, the home. And then after we got the home running, then we got a lot of people who were buying individual bags of coffee. We were buying five to 10 bags of coffee. And, and we had churches also buying five-pound bags of coffee to serve on Sunday morning. And that was really going great until March the 19th. I had it all organized. I had this medical team was going to come down and do a health, uh, health brigade for a bunch of Venezuelan refugees. And, it, and they were going to bring me back 500 bags of coffee to sell in the States. And then it actually explain that part. Okay. Because yes. this is what I thought was so intriguing as a management professor. I just thought this was great. So <laughs> they come down and then what happens? Yeah, so they come down, normally, so if it's a 10-person team, normally they come down 10 bags of donations for the ministry. This particular one was a medical health brigade, so it was 10 bags of glasses and medical gear, and, and they go down and minister. And then when they come back, they fill up those 10 bags of luggage and bring it back. They'll bring back 800, actually, they could bring up, I could bring back up to 80, well, it's 85 bags. Actually made special bags so we could put 85 bags in one piece of luggage. Like this? Yeah. Yeah. So that, but also you made like the whole you know, the T model uh, Henry Ford thing. You know, I made a special bag, super light, so you could put 80 <laughs> uh, some bags in there so they can bring so, it back. So um, you essentially have missionary mules that hold this coffee back. But yeah. 
that and that's great because that you know reduces the cost which makes the the profits which you said 100% of the profits go right into Casa Esther mm-hmm. in the ministry yeah. there so it makes the profits extra large because of that but what happened mm-hmm. yeah so and it was work we did that for almost 2 years right, between building of the home and, and then starting to sponsor the home and then because of COVID, we couldn't get no coffee back. It actually, for me to send a hundred bags of coffee, uh, to send it back to the United States, it would cost the same amount of money that you'd pay for it. So that was like, we had to reorchestrate and reorganize mm-hmm. our coffee sales because of COVID. And so. Okay. So this is where it got uh, kind of interesting as far as I'm concerned, because uh, we did the podcast. And then a little while later, I call you up and this was probably to you a little out of the blue um, because we had just done the podcast. Okay, I'll see you some other time, whatever. And I said, hey, uh, I have an idea. I'm teaching this organizational change class and let's kick around the idea of what we can do with your coffee ministry, because um it, it seems like there's some some room for improvement right mm-hmm. like we, we could do something here so what were you thinking oh yeah oh yeah when when, when you originally approached me i thought we were just going to finish with like a little manual to make it better to improve it better the clarity of communication and controls and selling coffee but uh your class was extremely impressive on how they all came together and really truly brought our coffee business to a whole nother level because it was like the missionary, hey, here's some coffee, you know, throw my Facebook and get it out there. Um, and, and the bag that that you just showed there, the, our girls were calling in that, but, you know, each bag was a little different. I've actually, in the past, I've had, uh, I was using a school to call them. And, but but you guys definitely took another level and just the way that the, the class all come together and the love, I mean, really it's like the love for the project and for the girls, I think, and the babies. Yeah. But y'all took it. Go ahead. Yeah. So this was uh, this was really a God thing in orchestrating it because I, I I just fluked that I saw you, which I that's not a fluke, mm-hmm. that's providential. And then that led to the podcast, which led to me going back. Hey, I think we might have a project here. And then I brought it to my class, and my class saw a little that interaction where you and I were talking, and I said, mm-hmm. Hey, what do you think? Do you want to do this as a project, or do you want to do the other project that you would have otherwise done? And they unanimously wanted to do this project. So then. Uh, along the way, uh, it turns out that one member of my class was in a class with somebody else who was a serial entrepreneur who had a, uh, two or three other businesses before this and just started, just happened to have recently started a coffee business. And it turns out he also goes to my church. He connected our pastor and missions connect pastor to this whole thing. And it just, it just built and built and built. The final product is not that paper bag, but it's this very sleek, elegant uh, bag of coffee that you can buy right now on Bebe Beans. The class named it, by the way, and uh, B-E-B-E-B-E-A-N-S. So Bebe, as in Spanish baby, beans.com. And uh, so now anybody can have access to this, not just the people that you directly hauled it to uh, wherever mm-hmm. those churches are. And so tell me about what was going on in your mind as you were watching this, as you're seeing things come together as uh, your experience on your side of the uh, of this picture. Yeah, my, my, my experience, you know, it kind of caught me at a, uh, a difficult time in my life because when the, when the class took it, I had to do emergency flight to the United States to be with my father it was almost dying 
And so like to see the class just jump up and take the bull, or you want to say bulls by the horn, I think you could say that, um, and really run with them. I mean, totally rebranded. And actually I was amazed um, to see them, like when they rebranded, I actually liked the product. You know what I mean? If that makes any sense, you know, when it's, yeah. when it's your baby and you hand it to someone else and they redecorate it or put new clothing on the baby, it's like, I don't know if I like it, but it, it, everything that the class did, I thought was done very professional and very organized. Mm -hmm. And, um, and to see them, I mean, work hours, like, and to see people come together too, it's just like the class started to, to do something small and it just kept on growing more and more and more. And it kept taking more, um, it, it got more and more empowered by them to do it. You know, it wasn't like we're doing this for them. It's like, this is our coffee shop yeah. we're making. It. Yeah. They really <laughs> had ownership over it and they, they were very serious about it. And, uh, and I think they did a very professional job with, with connecting the dots and finding this entrepreneur that is, you know, going to be, uh, carrying it through from here. Uh, that was a godsend because this is not, I, this just took it to a whole different level. Um, and so what you have is you had your eight ounce bag that you were selling for 10 bucks and again, heavily subsidized and sending it back. So there's not as much profit in this 11 ounce, uh, 12 ounce bag that, uh, that's now for sale for the same 10 bucks, but you have to pay shipping. So it's more, but you have to pay shipping. Um, but the way that you get around that is you buy more. Because if you buy in bulk, instead of buying one bag where you're paying shipping, if you buy five, uh, if, you, if you buy one bag, the shipping is like 80%. If you buy five bags, the shipping is 20%. And it's the same amount of shipping. So buy five, buy 10. I mean, it'll be, it'll still be, it'll be even less percentage as shipping, but you're getting more for to have to uh, make up for that. Now, you'll actually make less in profit out of the new than out of the old because it was heavily subsidized. However, you now have a mechanism because you have a supply chain that is essentially push button. It's a website they can go to and buy immediately. And so you'll get greater volume in that process. And you can't have your missionary mules down there anyway with COVID. So this is a, a, a real game changer to make this happen again. Again, the, the website is Bebe Beans, B-E-B-E-B-E-A-N-S. I don't get anything out of it. I'm, I mean, it sounds like, wow, you're really hawking it. I am because, you know, I, listen, I, I had an episode yesterday or just a couple of days ago about um, networking and I am trying to add value to another person or some other people in the process of networking. I, I, there's not a lot of return to me. I don't get a cent out of this. But if I can help you, then I have a part, I have a hand in helping those girls down in Colombia. If people buy this, they have a hand in helping those girls get off the street and get somewhere where they're safe and their babies are safe in, Col in Medellin, Colombia. So, um, so to me, this is incredibly valuable. There are, and you can get um, either the coffee or there's other merchandise on there that they were just putting on there where they'll get a slice of that as well. Baby beans, t-shirt, baby beans, mug, those kind of things. And so it's all professionally done. It's all through Shopify. Uh, this guy that was the entrepreneur, Derek Hicks, I can't say enough good things about him. He knew what he was doing. He's done this before he's put it together. Now we have a system. So that takes some burden off you from having to try to source it. Mule. I mean, Oh, by the way, it's the same coffee. Tell me about the coffee, by the way. You can go really long. You speak for hours about coffee, but more or less when you try to get the similar taste, you uh, take coffee, you look for the same region, the same elevation, the same type of coffee plant or seven different coffee plants. So we're, we're creating the same flavor that uh, we're creating the same flavor. And maybe it's a little bit better flavor than what we were selling before. 
And it was a flavor that I had taste tested throughout the United States and people loved it. I actually did three years of taste testing different flavors until someone said, not someone, like everyone's like, you try it and they, I want more, I want more. So it is a very good tasting coffee. And I've heard the same thing. I've given gift cards of it already uh, to people. And um, I, I'm telling you, so this is a way that you can have a hand in this ministry. If that's, you know, if you want to have some impact somewhere, just changing where you're buying that from. Again, mm -hmm. if you buy it in a larger volume, it's less in uh, in shipping costs. I mean, per, as a percentage. And then, if you also you can subscribe so that it can come in a, in a particular you know every so often. And one of the beauties of this business is a huge percent of people that buy it the first time continue to buy it because the coffee's good because they're helping the ministry. But a large percent will then be part of the subscription process, and that will help you have stability in what you can predict in your ministry of how you know. Uh, tell us mm -hmm. you know how how much it costs to get these girls like how, how much to get a girl and her baby safe off the street uh for a month mm -hmm. yeah so um we're looking at i want to say right now top of my head is 400 dollars a month and so with um the idea is we sell two we, we went for we're housing six girls and we want to house six more be 12. so right now if we sell two bags of coffee that houses a girl for one day so more or less what we're shooting for is to sell 60 bags so that we can actually house another girl and then so another extra yeah, 60 so, bags so we need to so i i love this because the beauty of this is it's totally scalable you can know what your target is yeah. how many you need to sell or how what the revenue is that's actually coming in so that you know who you can you can go back out and, and help somebody else and keep that building and so you already mm -hmm. have the space that space is is, yeah. is already paid for one way or another now it's just the mm -hmm. ongoing uh cost to take care of those people. And you can do that with that coffee. As a business professor, I thought this was the greatest thing ever because I, I mm -hmm. see the beauty of business actually working in, in hand in hand with this great cause. Cause I mean, you've been a social entrepreneur uh, for the 20 years that you've been down there working in various ministries, starting various churches. Um, and I, I'm just really impressed with it. As I was thinking about this, I thought, um, there were two quotes that really came to mind. The first was uh, uh, Hudson Taylor, who was missionary to China, talked about God's work done God's way will never lack for God's provision. And mm -hmm. now he's, you're not lacking for God's provision because God touched me in this process, my class in this process, people listening to this in this process who are going to be supportive of that, right? Mm -hmm. and, and it's not like I was, um, you know, looking for, you know, let, let me go see who I can know. This is just something that mm -hmm. became providentially, you know, you were in my path that, you know, God put in my path so that I saw that. And then we, we added and added and added and added. Um and that leads me to the other quotation. And, and usually I only have one uh, quotation for contemplation in an episode, but uh, the other one was uh, General William Booth, the found, founder of the Salvation Army. And he, he said, I'm not waiting for a move of God. I am a move of God. Like, that's mm -hmm. right. I, it's a calling. And it's not, you know, saying, no, I'm not going to listen to God. It, that's not it at all. He's saying, look, he called me. This is, this is my purpose. I am the move. I am his arm. 
Same with this is this project, this business, applying this business management stuff to helping you get your supply chain in order so that you can serve more. That is, I am a move of God. The people that will be even drinking the coffee on the back end, well, they are that move of God that are help, all, we're all conspiring together to help you be effective in ministering to these women because you're the, the pointy tip of the spear and we can help you in the process. I used to say uh, on the back of the coffee bags, um, you can savor the thought that you're helping a girl um, have her baby today. And mm -hmm. so I think that everyone has a calling, whether it's drinking her coffee or whether it is, you know, loving on your neighbor and what well, you got to love on your neighbor, no matter what. Right. But uh, we're all supposed to be working and be in God's presence. It, you know, God's presence is in dealing with us every moment and dealing with the ones around us. So. So, hey, I want to thank you for your time. I'll, I'll give you the last word. What what else do you want us to know about uh, anything related to Casa Esther, the coffee, what you're doing there, um, anything? You know, on the last word, you know, we are just celebrated our um, one year anniversary of having a home open. And it was really a joyful, joyful time. And me just to think of all the different people that's helped build the home and help maintain it but the you know the end result people i said oh you must be so happy you've fulfilled the vision of building a home I was like no the vision is that these girls uh, will find a job and have their own house and take care of their their babies and so now less than a year well one year after we've started the home we have um, over five girls that are now living and providing for their babies have their own apartment and they have a good um, worthy job and so I'm very thankful for everyone that's coming along. Graduated from the program, and you have yeah. another how many in the home right now? We got six right now. You have home. six now. Five have graduated, yeah. and you want to fill the yeah. place up and have as much be as productive, uh, if I can use that managerial term for God as possible. Yeah, yeah. and I would just say, uh, you know, when you say what your last words, I think you know my thing is if you ever ask me what my last words is, like love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul, whatever, and whatever you're doing. And love each other as you love yourselves. I think that's a good last words or a good words to wake up to every morning and, and go to bed every night thinking on. Mm -hmm. so. so, Brian, hey, I want to thank you for your time again to be on the podcast. And uh, if, if you haven't listened to uh, episodes 31 and 32 and you want to hear more of Brian's story, please do that. Uh, but please share this with friends, share this with anybody who would be interested in that coffee. Um, because this is just such a great cause. Um, you know, I, I, I've told my class this, that there was a great quote by um, David Ogilvy, and he said that, that great marketing makes a bad product fail faster. And this is like the opposite, right? This is like the most incredible product I can think of. It's something that everybody is going to buy anyway. And when you buy it, you're supporting this mission and you're a part of helping these girls get to safety, uh, get what they need, get the skills training. And it's just such a great thing to be part of that. One of the things that's fascinating about this is that, um, you know, you go to Starbucks and you're buying something and you're promoting all these causes that you might not be all that excited about promoting. Here, this is something that, I mean, who is, it's almost like the um, uh, Susan Coleman for the cure where, uh, you know, like there's nobody that's pro breast cancer, <laughs> you know, no, nobody's like that. There's nobody that's like, oh, it's terrible to get women out of prostitution and, you know, save their babies. Right. 
No, mm -hmm. everybody can get behind that kind of cause, left, right, or center. Uh, and so it's there's something just brilliant about this. So thank you for your time. And uh, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy schedule in what you're doing, ministering to people uh, to come on the show. Thank you. Thank you. May the Lord bless you guys. Thank you.